When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to CHGO White Sox Podcast. We're live. Yay, it's noontime. We're in Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop. My name is Herb Lawrence, so you can follow me on Twitter. I'll still call it Twitter because I'm a Chicagoan. We don't change easily. At EctorWall23. That's my last name, Lawrence. Spelled backwards. And two, three, four, the great Robin Ventura. That Not guy, the great Mark Tian? Uh, tea time was disappointing here. I wanted him so badly on the White Sox. And when he was here, whew, that Kansas City's a White Sox thing. Not going too well. Same number, though. Yes. Benintendi, too. Yeah. How about that? Jeez. Bad memories. That over there is CHGO's White, CHGO White Sox beat reporter, Vinny Duba. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duba. Um, what is that accent? I don't <laughs> even know. I got into some weird Vinny Duba. Duba. Mm. French. You're going a little French. Yeah. Herb goes up to Canada for like three days, and all of a sudden he can speak. He can claim to speak French. Yeah, and our guy, uh, Lawrence Benedetto, who's our producer today, oh, yeah. also just returned from the, the Great White I, North. I gotta be honest, I did enjoy the fact that everything you would purchase would be written in both uh, French and English uh, as a former uh, French student in high school. And you were far from French Canada. Correct. I you were in shocked. literally British Columbia. British Columbia. Yes, oh. yes, yes. Yeah. The monarchy. Oh. That's awesome. And the thing I like too is that I would see the Canadian price. I'm like, God damn, that's yeah. expensive. And then actually the conversion to America, I'm like, that's cheap as hell. Uh, Come on, yes. Canada. I'll calm down. Uh, Vancouver, still expensive, even yeah. if you do the math. I was in yeah. Toronto, so it, it didn't feel like it was a very expensive city, even though the locals and people who go there say it's a very expensive city. We're from Chicago, so, yeah. you know, expensive. being expensive to me is San Francisco or New York. Canada expensive? Yeah. Uh, honestly, Vancouver reminded me a lot of San Francisco in both uh, okay. the, the views and the monetary situation, but that's fine. It was beautiful. All right. Welcome we- back, Law. Yeah, thanks. Uh, what's anything? Did I miss anything in the last oh, week? No, everything's really. been <laughs> solid. The White Sox are still intact. Woo. They're in first place now. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. The 10 days your way, <sighs> they just got a hot streak. Yeah, that's yeah. not true. No one believes that. But if you want to still enjoy us at a White Sox game this year, we have a special event coming up. We just did last week our crosstown takeover at Guaranteed Rate Field. White Sox were up 7-2, to two and I don't know what happened after that because I blacked out. But if you want to go to Wrigley, historic Wrigley Field, with us on August 16th at 7.05 when the White Sox go over there to take on the Cubs, 
please just go to allchgo.com and secure your tickets now. Those tickets for the White Sox series went fast. We had a great time. The people at the Carrick down there in Oak Forest took great care of us, and we got to see an exciting ball game. One of the games, I think, that brought the Cubs back to where they are. So maybe in the future, as White Sox fans, we can ruin the Cubs. And if Honestly, it won't be hard. I don't think they're in a great place. I think they're in a teeter-totter. Three and a half games out of their first place yeah, in sure. their division sure. with yeah. Milwaukee and the Reds in front of them with more money than both of those teams, they could be buyers here. And so if you want to join us when the White Sox ruin the Cubs season, like Let's the go. Cubs just ruined the White Sox season, go to allchgo.com, become a diehard member. You get 20% off. You get a free T-shirt. If you buy this package, you already get a free T-shirt. One of the T-shirts in that um, in that graphic that Lawrence just put up, either the Cubs or the Sox one, uh, Cody and I did a commercial for that. It was very, very nice when I'm trying to push him off the uh, balcony over here. But you can get one of those beautiful T-shirts, sit with us, have a good conversation. We'll have a pregame meetup somewhere in the Wrigleyville area. Come on through, allchgo.com, and become a diehard member. Now, the icebreaker question, Vinny, the White Sox are sellers in this market, the most active sellers they've been. But we've seen the team that the White Sox have dealt with in this free and then this trade deadline season do another trade. We got the Angels out here again acquiring town. They got CJ Crone and Randall Gritchick from the Rockies for two minor league pitchers. It just seems like everybody thinks they're in it even though the angels are like six games out they're going for it they're pushing their chips all in is it a good thing that there's so many buyers in this market is it a good thing for baseball overall um i mean at the end of the day it's a good thing to have more good teams than not right i Mm -hmm. mean because that's going to make for an exciting final two months now when you're specifically talking about the trade deadline and specifically talking about oh what moves are we going to see people hanging on social media and waiting for the latest news it probably makes that a little less grandiose we'll say you Mm -hmm. know what i mean because you've got fewer teams that are selling things fewer teams that are selling marquee players and then you know as someone pointed out, those if you're a seller, you're usually not in a good spot. Nope. So you don't usually have a lot of good players. The more bad teams, the more marquee players that could get traded. But the more good teams, the more exciting these pennant races are going to be. And so at the end of the day, if you're saying, are having a lot of buyers good for baseball in general? Yeah, of course it is. Because it means you've got more teams that are going to be playing meaningful baseball, more fans that get to go out and watch meaningful baseball games played in their home ballparks over the course of two months that – should be exciting pennant races because you got a lot of teams in the mix. Yeah, I think inherently having people and teams, more teams than not, I think pretty much there's only like six or seven guaranteed sellers in this market. And the White Sox, like I said, have been the most active of these sellers. But they have actual players that people want. No one's going sniffing around for the A's people. And I saw Nicky Lopez from the Royals got traded to the Braves. He's not going to play at all because they're up the middle of defenses already stacked. But it's a good acquisition by them. But there's the White Sox and then all the rest of the sellers. So it's good for them that all these people are either, you know, going for it or acting like they're going for it. Like the Cubs might be uh, looking to acquire some players brings me to our next question since the white Sox are in an advantageous market in an advantageous uh era right now where they're sellers and people are looking to buy their players we've heard from um, ken rosenthal from the athletic where he's pondering or he's putting out there that teams are calling for dylan cease and luis robert to see the value to see what the white Sox are doing and of course the white Sox are in no hurry and these two players are part of their untouchables 
is it more feasible for the White Sox to do more than their due diligence, to do more than just listen to the offers, to be active in this sell-off of Dylan Cease or Luis Robert? Or should they just wait back and say, hey, you got to come right to us because we are not in the trading Dylan Cease with two-plus years of uh, control and uh, Luis Robert with three-plus years of control? You got to knock our socks off type of thing. No pun intended. Yes. That type of thing. What do you think the White Sox are doing right now? Just their due diligence? Or you think they're actively listening to these people and maybe doing a deal before 5 o'clock tomorrow? Well, I think the way Ken phrased it in his report was they're listening. They're Mm -hmm. listening. If teams are calling up and asking Rick Hahn, hey, what about Dylan Cease? Hey, what about Luis Robert Jr.? He's going, well, what would you give me for him? You know, I mean, and I think the idea is that's the job. Mm -hmm. Not only is it gauging what potentially could be out there but if you get a phone call and it says hey i want to talk to you about dylan Cease," and you hang up the phone i don't think i don't i'm sure i in fact i know that rick Hahn doesn't have a phone where you hang it up like this because i've seen him talking on it it's the same as my phone and if i did that my phone would break um, and the phone wouldn't turn off either no it would be on the call the phone would still be going but if he just slams the phone down and says no we're i don't even want to hear the next word out of your mouth well how do you know that the guy wasn't about to offer you or uh, uh, the woman, as we have a, a woman GM, of course, the guy or the gal, was about to offer you their entire farm system for Luis Robert Jr.? Hey, I'm going to give you four top 100 prospects. You know, it, like, you don't know unless you listen. And so listening is the job. And so when you hear that uh, that's being reported, it shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise that any GM is listening to a, a call from another GM about any player in baseball. That's what literally what they're paid to do. So... That is not a surprise. What is interesting to talk about, though, is going down that rabbit hole. It's a hypothetical, certainly right now, but of what if the White Sox were to move Dylan Cease? Should the White Sox entertain trade offers on Luis Robert Jr. and and strongly consider moving him to put them in position X, Y, and Z? Um, We don't know yet what position they're trying to get themselves into. We have not heard specifically from Rick Hahn saying, hey, we're going to try to compete in 2024 or hey we're going to take a step back in 2024 to better position ourselves for the years down the road now the trades that they've already made the three deals that they made last week i don't think any of them really answer that question because it was three guys who you did not necessarily need to help you contend next year Mm -hmm. get a long-term value for them they seemed to get good prospects for these guys. You don't know how they're going to turn out, but even if they all do turn out, you're looking at a little further down the road with some of these players. Now, we've already talked about how the guy they got in the Kendall Graveman deal could be up, you know, sure. in a few weeks, yeah. <laughs> but uh, depending on how his injury rehab goes. But I, I don't think you can determine a bona fide direction from them based on these three trades. If they were to move Dylan Cease, if yeah. they were to move Luis Robert Jr., Ugh. that gives you the direction. Oof. That is the that is the we are aiming for long term 2025 at the earliest and beyond. Uh, let's load up the farm system with young guys and 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 try to do this again. Really, even if it does move a little quicker than it did when they launched that full scale rebuild at the end of 2016. Let me. Uh make sure I got it correctly on the right you usually have our guy Sean Anderson but he's out today on assignment so I'll just make sure that everybody knows Sean's fine he'll be back as soon as he can probably tomorrow or the day after that 
And then secondly, let me make sure people know, and I see Lawrence is popping up, our man uh, Pee Wee Herman, uh, Paul Rubens, the yeah. actor who played Pee Wee yeah. Herman, has uh, sadly passed away. And uh, as part of our childhoods, I mean, I create, quote Pee Wee Herman quotes all the time from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So very sad to see that uh, Paul Rubens is now um, no longer with us. He was 70 years old. I think it says uh, he died of a, a battle after a battle with cancer. So very sad to see that. But transitioning from that sad news I think that with the job security that Rick Hahn has, and let me make sure that you guys who are listening and watching know, I'm on team fire Kenny, fire Rick Hahn. That's 100%. But also, I live in reality. There's been no whispers, no rumors that those guys, after 11 seasons with uh, Rick Hahn being the general manager, are any, in any danger of losing their job. Any other team, I think they would be. I think they would already be gone. But let's deal with reality. Rick, ha- Rick Hahn has good job security. So I would take that into account of, hey, I've done a rebuild and it's failed, and I'm still here. And I might be here for a second rebuild. And it would be better if I had two great players like Dylan Cease and Luis Robert Jr. on my team to rebuild and a little bit quicker. But, and as Baloney Fonseca said up earlier, I would be more willing to trade Dylan Cease than Luis Robert. Because Luis Robert, I think, is a rocket ship. And we discussed it before that he came on the air. He's only second to Shoei Itani, who's a different player than anybody else. I think you call him baseball Jesus, Shoei Itani. If Shoei Itani is not in the American League next year, Luis Robert probably your odds on favor for MVP for the next season. So that's why I want to keep him. Man, he has more years of control. The reason why I would entertain a deal for Dylan Cease, well, any other year with a 27-year-old player with two-plus years of uh, of control left and a top-of-the-rotation pitcher, I would hang up the phone, as Vinny said, and I would do it like that so they could hear my frustration and then actually hit the off button. I would hang up on them initially. But this year, you have a huge seller's market that you might not have the opportunity to get. I ask every year, what does Rick Hahn do well? And people put cert- certain answers like he does the arbitration signings pretty well and he does this thing well, he does that thing well. I think the definitive thing that Rick Hahn does well is sell off veteran Major League Baseball players for young, good, affordable talent. He did that before with the first uh, rebuild we've had and we've seen this late latest one where he gets players for Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly. Premium players that might be in the White Sox rotation next year in Nestrini. I don't know if that's how you say his name. You have those type of players. And Corey Lee for Kendall Graveman. That guy might be your catcher going forward. And to get Cuero for Lucas Giolito. These players are well thought about. And I think Rick Hahn has done a great job acquiring this talent. So I would think in this trading market, if he can get an overpay for Dylan Cease, where the Orioles are giving up a good chunk of their young players, their big-time prospects. Another team, the Dodgers, are giving away some Major League-ready players, players that have been blocked by some players on the Major League team. You might have to look into it more than just, hey, listening, hey, I'm actively going out and maybe making the deal myself, and if they can't offer me or can't give me that person, then I hang up the phone after. But this is the deal I want. Can you match that deal? And you might get away with that type of thing in this market, only in this market. So I think the you got to strike while the iron's hot. And I wouldn't trade them together. And uh, Ian Robo uh, has a, a mailback question that's pretty much speaking to this. 
Ian asked, would you trade both of them at the same time? I wouldn't trade them at the same time because I think you can get these top 100 prospects individually for the trades. So I wouldn't put them together. I don't think you can get an actual deal, a commensurate deal if you traded both of them in a package. So I would definitely listen to what teams are saying about Dylan Cease. And if I'm not hearing the right thing, I'm going out and talking to the Orioles. I'm going out and talking to the Dodgers, maybe the Rays, and saying, what can you give me? And if I feel like that deal is commensurate to what I want, I'm pulling the trigger. Sure, I guess. Um, You know, I think the idea is when you hear the phrase shopping being used, you can kind of think of it as shopping, going to the store and seeing if the currency you have, which is a a, a top-of-the-line Major League Baseball player, what that's going to get you at various various stores when it comes to halls of prospects in return. Um, And so if, if... shopping is the what you want to use there going around to other teams and seeing what the top farm system in baseball give you what the second best tom uh farm system in baseball get you and so on sure again that's the job that's what you should be doing that being said it depends on what rick Hahn and and the white Sox brass in general want this team to do next year and if the goal is to say well you know what y'all cut is not going anywhere Aloy Jimenez isn't going anywhere. Andrew Vaughn's not going anywhere. Andrew Benintendi's not going anywhere. If they decide to keep Tim Anderson, Tim Anderson's not going anywhere. Do they believe that that group of players can compete for a division and more in 2024? And everybody in the comments is going to say, no, of course not. Why? You know, I understand that reaction. But, hey, they've already bought and paid for this team. Yep. And so if they think that they need to get what they can get out of that group of guys – They need to put a team together next year that can compete. And that means getting more starting pitching. It means probably keeping Dylan Cease because then you don't need to get one more starting pitcher. And it means probably keeping Luis Robert Jr. because he's the best player in baseball, arguably, or one of. Shohei, baseball (laughs) Jesus, of course. Um, uh, You know, he's going to help you dramatically increase those chances of winning next year. And again, they play in a division where it shouldn't be impossible to think that they could come back and win next year. But again, it's it's putting your it's it's very much an act of faith, right? Because here we are three years in a row. Aloy hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, You know, T.A., we've seen what the what the injuries have done to him, slow him down. Moncada hasn't been able to stay healthy. Benintendi has been on a tad underwhelming in year one Robert this is the first year of the last three that he's been able to stay healthy for an entire season Vaughn what what is what is Vaughn you know you don't know so with so many big question marks you could see why people would be saying go ahead look toward that rebuild angle start it all over again and and provide some more certainty even if it is way down the road if that's what the White Sox think then Dylan trading Dylan Cease and trading Luis Robert Jr. might be the way to get to that point it might be the easiest way to get to that point you saw how trading chris sale and jose quintana was the way to get to that point the first time and then obviously they ended up where they have ended up but um it's very much based on which road do they want to go down they're at a fork right now and they've got to decide because if they want to compete next year you have to keep those guys yes if they are okay with next year being one of those rebuild years like we saw in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 then sure go ahead you could do that and you could put yourself in a better position down the road if you were to make a deal or both of those deals but um right now i see a team that's already been bought and paid for and i see a team that has to try to compete uh for those watching the youtube uh stream live i did put a poll out asking 
would you trade Dylan Cease and or Luis Robert Jr.? Uh, I've got trade both. Uh, no way, don't trade either. And then one or the other. Right now, uh, 41% of the people are saying it'd be okay to trade Cease, but not Luis Robert Jr. Um, literally no one has said trade Robert, but not Cease. Uh, and then no way they're both untouchable is also 42%. So that is, uh, go ahead and vote on that, everyone. Yeah, it would, it would be my thought that they have to try to compete next year and that they need both of these guys to do that. That would be, that would be my thought. If they make a move counter to that line of thinking, I will be surprised, mm-hmm. but I will be very much intrigued that they have forcefully made such a declaration. Yeah, and like I said, I usually, and still to this day, if you were asking me, like, what a, what's my percentage on trading Dylan Cease, probably 95% I want to keep Dylan Cease. I definitely don't see a lot of value in trading him away. But with the bad record this year, to 21 games below 500, with Dylan Cease making every start this year. so And he's been fine. He yeah. has not been the pitcher that he was last year, but he's been fine, and he has provided no uh, reason that you wouldn't think he could get back to being one of the best pitchers in, in the game. Exactly. And so, you know, you have no indication that he's not going to be that guy. And Sean provided some uh, uh, analytics with it. He's, you know, his slider has a top run value still, even though he is not having the year he had last year where he was second in Cy Young voting. The only reason I say you entertain it is because the market is so hot right now. And it seems like you can probably get somebody that you're not supposed to get, like, a person they're prospect hugging. But when you see two years plus of a top starter who's going to be 28 next year, you might let a Jackson Holiday go, even though he's the number one prospect of the Orioles. You might let some people that you're not necessarily wanting to let go, let go, because that propels you. If you're the Orioles, you're thinking, hey, how long do we have for this? I know we have young players, but we have a bunch of players in the minor leagues who are not going to play because we have a bunch of minor league or major league players who are young as hell. So we need to strike when the iron's hot because we know the Yankees are down this year. That's not going to be usual. So we need to strike now where we're in the driver's seat and Tampa's not going to spin. So we can put ourselves above everybody else by getting Dylan Cease and then having him for multiple years after. So that's the only reason why I would entertain it because you get so many players back and you can compete pretty quickly, maybe not next year, but 2025 where Colston Montgomery is projected to come up. You probably have maybe Cuero is good at that time. Maybe Corey Lee just takes off and becomes the catcher the White Sox have been coveting for a long time. You have good problems and then you have a nice bevy of young players from said team, Orioles, Rays, whoever. And now you can compete in 2025 because 2024 to me seems like a pipe dream for them competing unless they have to go out and get three starting pitchers. Because right now, Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, Tuku Toussaint, Jesse Schultons, question mark, for their 2024 pitchers. That's not close to even coming close to anything necessarily good in the major leagues. You got one good starter there. All the rest, question marks. So that's why I would be like, and I know people are like, Dylan Cease, you did trade him. That's why, guys, I got to give you that context because it's so important to know that he's great. But if you can get better in 2025 
instead of trying to compete in 2024, I think I go for that angle instead. Well, the, the, the answer to the question ultimately is this, right? And I think I, I think Rick Hahn would tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, probably wouldn't entertain the, uh, <laughs> the question in a press conference of trading Dylan Cease. But the point being... If the question is, should you trade Dylan, should the White Sox trade Dylan Cease, the answer is, for what? Yes. That's what the answer is, for what? Because there's, there's a, the yes or the no entirely depends on what they're going to get. And if they get a blow-you-away deal, a, a trade offer, there's a reason it's called that, right? There's a re- I, I don't think there's any such thing in baseball as an untouchable. If, you, if, the, if the right, if the right uh, offer comes along, you you got to make that move because you're talking about putting setting your franchise up in a much better position than it is right now. But Dylan Cease sets your franchise up in a nice position as well. And so you can't just be trading him to make a trade. You can't just say, ah, 2024, we're not going to worry about it. So just get rid of everybody and, and we'll f- figure it out. Mm-hmm. No, you have to figure it out now. Yeah. And you have to you have to figure out what that return package looks like and how it projects out to help you. Because guess what? They've already done that once. They've already projected it out, and they already paid for it ahead of time, yes, too. Yes, they did. And, uh, and, and by paying for it ahead of time, they're paying for it now, if you know what I mean. Kick so. the can down the road. But those deals at the time, I don't think anybody poo-pooed them. Not at all. I didn't poo-poo the Yo, Yo Moncada extension or the Tim Anderson one or the Luis Robert or Eloy They were Menace. widely praised exactly. by, ev- by everybody. And they, they did a good job of doing that because the idea was, oh, my God, can you imagine how many home runs Eloy Jimenez is going to hit? And they're going to be getting it for that much money? Oh, my goodness gracious. And, and that was the idea. But then Eloy Jimenez went out and got hurt every year. And that's been a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. After the break, we'll talk a little bit more about – the free agents that might be available in this market not good and there's the white Sox or which white Sox might be dealt next uh, the keenan middletons of the world but i gotta tell you about the folks at hooters i told sean this and uh, people who follow my career probably know this back in the day i would work for this place called the score it's a radio station here in chicago on tuesdays heard of it, yeah. yeah you've heard of it on tuesdays every tuesday and during the football season Myself, the host, Mike North, and former uh, Chicago Bears, Doug Buffone, rest in peace, would go out to various tutors around the Chicagoland area and have a show for four hours. One of those hours of that show was with the great and dearly departed Gail Sayers. So I've been to every Hooters in the Chicagoland area. Maybe they've made new ones in the last 15 years, but they're great places to be. I've been at these Hooters. I enjoy some delicious wings because it's a spot to catch all the games this season. Step up to our plate of world-famous wings. That's what they're known for, friends. World-famous wings, delicious seafood, stacked sandwiches, and salads and more. Tons of great beer specials and $6 drinks all day every day check out seafood specials 1983 which is the year they were founded for one pound of crab legs and great prices on buffalo and steamed shrimp hooters is celebrating their 40 years in business all year long in honor of the anniversary on the fourth of every month hooters will be hosting a throwback of events bringing the 80s back with 83 cent wings 83 and offer other great specials the next one this Friday, August 4th. So join the folks at Hooters there. And Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater near you. With killer deals and last-minute tickets, their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start hyped, getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. I've told this story before. It's, I was in Atlanta last Labor Day, and I was looking for tickets, so I went to Game Time, of course, bought some tickets and then 
kind of pondered. I was like, you know, these companies always talk about their 100% guarantees or 110% guarantees. I want to check out game time and see if they're real. So I checked all the rest of the secondary markets and I found one particular price that was cheaper in the section that was in the game I was in in the seats that was in so I sent a screenshot sent an email to the customer service at game time expecting them to give me the run around like a regular company no sir I did the right procedures and they sent me my money 110% of the difference in my game time app within 12 minutes I kid you not I've counted it out I was so surprised how good their customer service was that I had to mention that Game Time is the place for the last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals for the tickets that you need right up to the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll get always the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and a row, uh, sorry, the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress at game time download the game time app create an account and use the code chgo for twenty dollars off your first pitch pitch purchase oh there's uh I mean, Lawrence. That, that right there is an eight dollar Ooh, that is an eight dollar ticket yeah and you can get uh twenty dollars twenty dollars off so they you'll have <laughs> it'd be credit. free i mean it'll be free you probably <laughs> won't have a credit you'll be free but uh, go for bigger tickets it's the yankees indulge yourself terms apply again create yeah, sell, an account sell to a yankees fan Exactly. Redeem a code CHGO for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So, since we talked about Dylan Cease and Luis Robert and pretty much knowing that we're thinking that by tomorrow at 5 o'clock, they'll still be Chicago White Sox. Huh? We do have a super chat. Oh, my guy, Kevin Bryant. Kevin Bryant. He says Cease is a Scott Boris client. He's gone anyway. We'll see. I, They've kind of broken that vibe a little bit in recent years, obviously, notably did. Dallas Keuchel. But, yeah. You know, I, our, our good friend, I don't know if he's our good friend, but he's my good friend, Ryan McGuffey from uh, NBC He's Chicago. my good friend as he's well. Awesome, yes. Right? There you go. He tweeted, great. This, he tweeted this last night. He said, Who's, is it our fault that in 2023 we're still saying that, oh, he's a Scott Boris client? Like, how about we just forget that, right? Like... F Boris. It's a, it's he's, just a, he's just another agent. It's kind of a thing with White Sox fans, kind of like the Lucas Giolito pitches poorly during the day, even though that has been proven incorrect. It's a, a narrative. narrative that yes. people yeah. just keep on parroting and like, saying, oh, they that? won't do it. And I think that the relationship was bad because of Reinsdorf and Kenny Williams didn't really get along to Scott Boris. I think uh, uh, Rick Hahn and Scott Boris get along all right, as you said. Keichel has been a client. I'm fine with them trying to deal with the guy because he has the best clients. So you got to find a way to deal with him if you're going to try to retain Dylan Cease. Now, for the most part, I think he's going to go those two years and get to free agency, which he should. That's his right. But I'm not trading him because I don't think that he'll re-sign. I'm, I would trade him because we get premium players back for him so I don't I get what you're saying about the Scott Boris thing Kevin I 100% get it and it makes sense but I think the White Sox if they're gonna be long-term good at baseball they need to deal with Scott Boris clients and they need to find a way like Mike Rizzo did with the Washington Nationals there was a Scott Boris client right there Steven Strasburg he 
was supposed to go to free agency, but Mike Rizzo and uh, Scott Boris came together and got a long-term extension before he even got there. So there is precedent. They could work and just give him Dylan Cease whatever he wants. But, you know, the White Sox are not in the market. They're just be in giving out charity. So I think there's a reason why he's still on the team because he's still a top pitcher. I don't think you trade him because he's a Scott Boris client. Well, and also, too, you're talking about something that – is years down the road, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so the idea is you're not talking about, oh, we need to trade their, or the White Sox need to trade Dylan Cease right now because in two and a half years, the there are, the chances are he would leave for free agency. You still have him yep. for two and a half years. So if you, if you want to trade him now, it's about the direction you want your team to go in, the position you want to put your team in, not the idea of, oh, we got to act right now because Dylan Cease is going to leave. Mm-hmm. That's... I mean, that's effectively the the logic behind trading Giolito. Yes. Is that Giolito was about to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a free agent in two months. Yep. Um, so it was get something before the guy walks out the door right now. They're, the White Sox are not going to be competing over the next two months. Mm-hmm. So get something for Giolito while you can now. Cease helps the White Sox compete next year and in 2025 if they decide they want to. So... It's not about trading him because you got to get some for him before he goes. That is a that reasoning wouldn't come along for some time. And so, yeah, I don't trade Dylan Cease, but there are players on the White Sox, as we've seen, they're coveted by other teams. Aaron Bummer, even though you at home might not like Aaron Bummer, the rest of the league does because they see his FIP and his FIP is below three hundred. Look at that three, FIP three ERA. So they're just thinking he doesn't give up home runs, zero home runs given up this year. Even though he has a below uh, ERA plus this year, I think it's sixty eight, one of the worst uh, on the White Sox. But you have him. You have Keenan Middleton, who's going to be a free agent after this year. You have maybe a candidate for trade because you think he's at his highest peak in Jake Berger right now, who doesn't have a position necessarily, even though he's playing second base. Which one of these players do you see gone after 5 o'clock tomorrow not being on White Sox anymore? I mean, I would say Middleton is the most likely candidate because of the contract situation and also because, you know, teams want pitching and boy they want relief pitching too i mean they want starting pitching also as you've seen uh you know guys across the league get dealt the last couple of days but relief pitching always seems to go in some sort of minor deal uh all the time at the trade deadline so um i think middleton would probably be the top candidate left to go bummer is interesting in that because of the control so much control Mm -hmm. left on aaron bummer i think the idea would be that if you were to trade him to a team that was maybe a little desperate for relief help, you could get something for him. Mm-hmm. You could get something legit. Like Keenan Middleton has had a very nice year. I'm, 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 he's, I'm not trying to say that he's not worth anything or anything like that. But for a two-month rental relief pitcher, you're not going to get back this, you know, your future starting second baseman or anything like that. Aaron Bummer has a lot of control. He has a lot of great stuff, and he's very interesting to teams across the league. You could get a legitimate oh, maybe that's a guy type guy for, for Aaron Bummer. So uh, when it comes to the position players, though, I, I don't see something very likely happening. Wrote about Tim Anderson today. You got to mention him because people, those national reporter types who break all these things, keep speculating about him. But honestly, at this point, I think it's just kind of like, oh, the White Sox are seller. Who's, who's the guy that we know on the White Sox? Tim Anderson. Oh, maybe they'll trade Tim Anderson. Uh, you know, there's a lot more that, uh, to that conversation that we have talked about over and over again when it comes to T.A. But T.A.'s starting to look like T.A. And I think the idea right now is that they could go in to 2024 
with the idea that they'd have their all-star shortstop back. But, um, again, it's the direction they want to go. If they Listen, if they're trading Dylan Cease, yeah. you might as well trade Tim Anderson. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that's why I don't think all these things are too likely because I think they think they can take the majority of this roster and try to compete again next year. Sean asking, and Sean Anderson's off today, folks, so uh, he'll probably be back tomorrow. We have two shows tomorrow, 5 o'clock show after the trade deadline is expired. And then a post game after the Texas Rangers game versus the White Sox. That's two. two. Two shows. So over the course of, let's see, six days, we will have had two, show, two days with two shows. Yeah. We're out here working oh, for you, friends. Look at and that. And from different locations. We were at the uh, National Sports Convention. Yeah. Where is our trade Rosemont? deadline show going to be from? It's going to be right here. Well, no, we should change it. To, we should just go to like, like a, the other side of the room or sure, something. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Do it from out on the on we'll, uh, the balcony. We'll turn the cameras around. There you go. And then do yeah. the other ones from home. That'll be great. I'm kidding. <laughs> we're, we're fine. But Sean wants to know Gregory Santos. Like, Groot Santos has many years left in team control. And he's shown you propensity. Maybe he's a future closer, and that's where the White Sox are using him ever since they've uh, traded away Kendall Graveman. With the realization, and maybe Liam Hendricks coming back for uh, last year, next year, what is Gregory Santos' role on the White Sox moving forward? And would you think the White Sox are kind of doing like a Scott Efros on the Cubs last year was a good reliever, and they traded him to the Yankees, and they got back Hayden Wisniewski, who is probably going to be in their starting rotation next year, if not this year. Would you think if they got that type of deal back for a young, controllable arm like Gregory Santos, the White Sox would pounce on that? It, yeah, again, it's the same thing I said earlier. The, the answer to the question is for what? And mm-hmm. if they could get something that really sets up nicely for them moving forward. Especially then, a starting pitcher, yeah, too. Yeah, then, yeah, I, 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 Gregory Santos is not untouchable, uh, you know, nor I think today is he some guy that it's like, boy, it would be really detrimental to them if they lost Gregory Santos. Now, that being said, guy's played great this year. Mm-hmm. Guy's got great stuff this year. And right now he is the White Sox closer. Um, he is the he is their closer right now, and uh, obviously some of that is by circumstance because Liam Hendricks is is injured. But they traded away Kendall Graveman, a veteran guy who's done this before, and they are not at all shy about trying Gregory Santos out as their ninth inning guy moving forward. This is something that if we get to the other side of the trade deadline and. Uh, and and Santos is still on the White Sox, we're going to be talking a lot about because it's going to be one of the storylines over the last two months. But right now, he's their closer. They tried him out in that win on, I believe it was Saturday night, um, as, as to get to pick up a, a ninth-inning shutdown there. And really, I think that um, he's unlikely to be traded because of the control, like you said. But, yeah, for what? If they get something good, especially a starter, which we know they need a starting pitcher, yes, they do. Um, yeah, they could pull the trigger on that deal. But again, it's it's got it's got to materialize. So I don't think they're shopping Gregory Santos by any stretch, and that's why I wouldn't rank him high as a guy that could go away. But trading from this pitching staff is something that obviously they've done three times already, and they could continue to do before tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening. And last thing I got for you about trades before we uh, take a break and then talk about the Rangers series. Is there anybody besides Luis Robert and Dylan Cease that by tomorrow at 5 o'clock that we will be surprised that that person got traded off the White Sox? 
Yeah, there's a lot of them. Okay. I mean, I think, uh, and I think most all of them are on the position player side. Okay. Um, you know, I would be very surprised. I, I mean, I would be surprised if Tim Anderson is gone. I think at this point, like I said, we've talked about it so much that it might have worn down the, the shock value a little bit. But I seriously would be surprised if he's gone. He's still the face of this franchise. Um, I would be absolutely shocked if Andrew Vaughn was traded. Um, I don't see, I can't imagine Yohan Moncada would be going anywhere. Um uh, certainly Andrew Benatendi not going anywhere. And I would really be surprised if Aloy gets traded. I know there was a, uh, a, a report over the Brewers, weekend yeah. that the Brewers are interested in him, and who knows if that's the case or not. I'm sure there's plenty of teams who would be interested in a guy with that kind of power and, and that return, kind of hit like, ability. But, sorry, Brewers. Um, but, again, I'm sure Rick Hahn is listening to, to it, if someone were to call him up about Aloy. But – Think how low you would be selling on Aloy for what you've already invested in him, for what you have expected him to be. Um, and again, you know, talking earlier over here off 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 the camera about what what are they what makes you think that they could compete next year? And it's the same thing that made you think they could compete this year, which is look at all those guys, look at all that talent. Boy, what what would happen if they could stay healthy for the whole year? And and you're all going to roll your eyes when I say that because it's three years in a row now that they haven't <laughs> in pretty dramatic fashion, right? And, and I'm not saying I believe that it could happen, but if you're asking for the question, in what universe do they compete next year? It's a universe where Aloy stays healthy and hits 30, 40 home runs. It's a universe where Robert stays healthy and does this again. Mm. T.A. stays healthy and competes for a batting title. Andrew Vaughn stays healthy and, and becomes the kind of guy they think he can become. I'm not saying that it's you should expect that to happen after what we've watched the last, certainly this year and the last three, but um, that guy is still in there, as I point to Hi Mom over here. That guy is still in there, and you don't, you can't tell me that a full season of him doesn't yield the results that they think they could it could it could produce so um i think right now if they were to trade Aloy jimenez at the deadline they'd be selling extremely low on a player that they have paid to to be a certain type of player even if it hasn't happened yet yeah i would be very shocked if they traded Aloy jimenez as you said trading at a low value and then the the rumor was like keston hera coming back i'm like Calm down. I'm not trading a Lloyd for <laughs> Keston Hira, a yeah. second baseman that is underwhelming. Get out of here, Milwaukee. Bring the real funk. If I'm trading any of these players, I'm trading them for their top value. As I said with Tim Anderson, I'm not trading them for 2023 Tim Anderson. I'm trading them for batting champion, silver slugger, starting all-star shortstop Tim Anderson. Same thing with Dylan Cease. I'm trading him at the level of second and Cy Young, 27 years old, top of the rotation pitcher with controllable years still there with two more arb years left so it has to be a hard bargain for that team for me to even get rid of Aloy even though I tried to get rid of him last year with uh Jared Kelnick I tried to get uh, Jer uh Jesse Winker on the team god one of them would have been good Jesse Winker not good at all Jared Kelnick Winker Winker's a free agent after this yeah I'm, I'm good now and then Jared Kelnick like kicked a water cooler what an idiot and broke his foot yeah, that's yeah. not smart that's Don't do dumb that. Don't kick or hit things with your feet or hands. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I mean, Players? I would like to see you try to kick something without your foot, but yeah. Do it. <laughs> try to do it. If you can invent a way where you don't kick things with your, without your foot, do it. But otherwise, don't kick anything or hit anything because it turns into injuries all the time. Ask Kyle Farnsworth. I think he kicked uh, a, a ceiling fan or a, a ground fan. Stationary fan. Yeah, and then uh, 
who fell off the somebody's truck? I think uh, Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent fell off somebody's sure truck. Did. Yeah, sure he did. Fell off somebody's truck, and Carlos Boozer tripped over his dog. And got hurt. And didn't paint his hair on that one Yes. Bijin. <laughs> After the break, we will talk about this series coming up with the Texas Rangers, who are wheeling and dealing themselves. Goodness gracious, Texas Rangers. But our friends at Shady Rays, which I got on my head right here, Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the warm weather ahead to premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays, as Vinny puts his on, Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable flames, frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection pr- eyewear protection ever. Every pair of sunglasses, these I have on my head, the ones that Vinny has on his face, backed by the lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after the purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has a their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Shady Rays, well, this is Independence Day when I don't read that one because Independence Day is way over. But go to, CA, go to Shady Rays not right now. What's Use, the next holiday up? Labor Day. Uh, like Arbor Day? Oh, Labor yeah. Day. Is okay. Arbor Day in uh, August? I, I no, it's like in June. June. That's a June thing, yeah. <laughs> but CHG, uh, go to ShadyRays.com. Put in CHGO for 50% off two pairs of sol- polarized sunglasses. No, sunny side. Let me find the sunny side. Read. There it is. Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, purchase their wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. One-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. Easy online ordering and on in-store pickup and great transparent loyalty program with Sunnyside Rewards. It's Illinois' favorite dispensary. I, myself, like their good news uh gummies i always talk about them frye they are sativa based and if you don't know what these things are you can go to sunnyside because they have bud tenders to give you exactly what you need uh whether you want to feel some type of way a high a certain way a head high a body rush or you want to be indica you want to be in the couch and just chill out and have a good time i like to be active and energetic so i too would go with the uh good news from friday a friday from good news what gets me really up and uh, energetic and thoughtful through august which is tomorrow guys head to sunnyside.shop Use code CHGO25 at checkout for 20%, 25% off your total order. One use per customer. Not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need and elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or Illinois MedCard holder. So go to Sunnyside. I will go to the one in Wrigleyville. The one right here in River North. Very convenient. Bud tenders are going to help you out. Sunnyside.shop. Use it today. It might go away tomorrow, guys, through August. That's August 1st tomorrow. So CHGO25 for 25% of your total order. What what was that word you used uh, there when you were talking about sitting on the couch? Um, indica. Oh, that guy. That's the guy from the Reds, right? <laughs> ha. The, what? 
Yeah. Vinny's got good jokes. The no, Sox no, fans want to trade for that no, guy. No kids yet, right? Dad huh? jokes. Dad jokes are plenty. No kids. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm prepping. I'm, I'm getting ready. Jonathan Indica, great player. Get you in the couch. Now, the White Sox travel to Texas tomorrow. Arlington, Texas. So, luckily, they have a dome there because it's 1,000 degrees down there in Every Texas. Every day. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know why anybody would live down there. It's weird. Um, I'm just wondering who's starting for the White Sox. I mean, Great you know, question, Herb. It's a, that's a question <laughs> that will be known for the rest of the year because, as we said, they only have four starters on the, the staff. Well, really. five. Five. You've, you have yet to mention Mike Clevenger so far. Uh, so, okay. yeah, that, yeah, that does make oh, yeah, five. I that he's but, still here. but also, starters is, is kind of in quotations. We haven't seen a lot of Jesse starting Schultons. action from Jesse Schultons this year. But uh, – I'm going to go ahead and guess that he is the guy who's going to be starting tomorrow, Jesse Schultons. Um, and you're going to be seeing a lot of these guys over the next two months, Tuki Toussaint, Jesse Schultons, and don't forget Tanner Banks. Um, you're going to be seeing a lot of these guys because I asked Ethan Katz yesterday, mm-hmm. hey, who are these minor – who are the minor league guys? Who are the guys you guys get down in the minors that you might call up over the, over the final two months to give a try in the rotation, see if you got something in them, if they can help you at the major league level? And he said – yeah, I think we're going to focus on the on the guys that we've got here, the options we've got here, we, and we've got uh, we've got a lot of them. Not sure that I would agree with that assessment terribly, but Tuki Toussaint and Jesse Schultons are technically on the team, yeah. and so you are going to see them alongside with Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, and Mike Clevenger over the final two months of the year. Um, it's what that's 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 some rebuild stuff right there, but I guess it's also some last two months of the year when you're 20 games under 500 stuff so uh if you want to know who's starting tomorrow i guess you're probably going to see jesse schultons i believe cease is scheduled to start on uh when on wednesday and tuki tucson scheduled to start i believe on Tuesday. thursday thursday yeah. okay and are they, they going to face scherzer in that this? is the one question they are, they should face scherzer either on wednesday or thursday he pitched last friday for the new york mets got traded on saturday if he's on normal rest i think that would be a thursday start for uh Max Scherzer, depending on where, if they had a starter or had a game today, which I don't believe they do. So White Sox more than likely are going to be facing the Max Scherzer in his Rangers debut, which, no, I'm good. I'm really good because Max Scherzer, even though in his advanced age, um, he still can pitch. He still can throw really well. I we just, saw what Justin Verlander did to him when they oh. went to when they went to Queens. Oh yeah, not too long ago. And so you're gonna have Dylan C starting. You're gonna have maybe John Gray going against the White Sox on Tuesday. Who, not you know anything to sniff. I remember last year people really were poo pooing the trade or the uh, move that the Rangers made to get John Gray on their team from the Rockies, and then also getting Simeon and Seager on their team, but John Gray has turned into a nice investment for them. He'll be starting on Tuesday. More than likely, Andrew Heaney on Wednesday, lefty starter. Of all, he just won in the IL, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. But and he's been fantastic this year. Yeah. He has been awesome. Yeah. One of the top pitchers in baseball. And then Max Scherzer probably on Thursday. I'm just looking forward to the White Sox if they haven't given up. Because I And you wrote in your article, and I don't want to give too much about your article, uh, Vinny. You wrote about Tim Anderson today. The fun they on had. On allchgo.com. Exactly. The, the fun they had after Tim's home run. It's been missing. And maybe, and we say, Tim sets the tone, and maybe his struggles have set the tone for what the team is. But the fun they had, it reminded me of times gone by where they were just having fun all the time. And losing sucks. And so, you know, it's the chicken and the egg. You know, you got to win to have fun. And so... That's the thing I'm looking forward to the White Sox. 
the season's lost. See how these players perform. See if they haven't given up or the professionals are still getting a check and they're still enjoying the game because that on Saturday was type of a thing that I haven't seen in a long time. And I feel like the players needed that too. They, they kind of exhale. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, Tim's back. And that's what I think. And that's what the article's about pondering if Tim Anderson is now back to his regular self. I say yes, but go check out the article on allchgo.com and check out Vinny's thing. So, Vinny, uh, if you want to say any parting words before we uh, lock it up, uh, the floor is yours right now. Well, I I, I think everybody's kind of waiting till till the clock strikes uh, midnight, so to speak, on the trade deadline. Till the clock strikes 5 p.m. No one ever uses that phrasing. Uh, tomorrow on the trade deadline, obviously that's what everybody's going to be thinking about. Everybody in the comments is, uh, you know, talking about this thought that they even might trade Cease, and that's going to dominate the conversation. When we get to the other side of the trade deadline, be it tomorrow night or, you know, the next several weeks and couple months of baseball, we're going to be talking about a lot of things looking forward to next year. And I think one of the things is what you just brought up. People have left this clubhouse. Leaders. Lance Lynn was the leader of the pitching staff. Mm. Lucas Gilito had been here for a long time. He was a leader on that pitching staff. And isn't he the players rep or was the players rep of the White Sox? At, 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 at a point he was. I don't know if he was actively, but he, uh, certainly recently he has been. You know, Joe Kelly and Kendall Graveman, veteran voices in that clubhouse. These guys are all gone. Yep. And while there's a lot of familiar faces, it's not like we've got a brand new collection of guys in that clubhouse. There's roles to be taken there are there there are reins to be grabbed in the leadership department Raycon's already calling out you know Andrew Vaughn is a guy who might step into that but it's organic is we asked Andrew about it and he said you know you don't force that kind of thing it just happens and so maybe something will happen here over the next two months people have been decrying the lack of leadership and the attitude and the and and you know where is the swagger where is that fun that you brought it up maybe somebody fills the void here fills the gap that brings that back yeah and maybe it is just a matter of T.A. starts hitting again, and so T.A. does it, right? But there are going to be some changes made inside the clubhouse in terms of the way people act over the next two months because guys who were dictating how people act are gone. They're on other teams. So if you want to look for something, that's one thing. We're going to be talking a lot of things about roster construction. You know, we're going to be talking about Corey Lee. Here comes Corey Lee. We're going to be talking about what in the world this starting rotation is going to look like next year. We're going to be talking about where Jake Berger's long-term home is, where Yoan Moncada's long-term home is from a position standpoint. But, you know, for some other more high-concept stuff, that's one thing you can look ahead to the next two months is how this team acts under Pedro Grafol and some new man or some new leaders I should say just a side thing I don't from outside view it looks like Andrew Vaughn is very quiet reserved that type of thing I don't know necessarily if a leader can be that the the just the as I say that I think about Jose Rebreu who from the outside also looked quiet but you know he's probably verbose to his teammates uh, when he gets in the locker room can a leader come from a guy who's more reserved yeah okay of course I I don't think that um I, I don't think there's one definition. I think everybody has the, uh, I've brought, as I've brought up before, the whole sports movie, you know, cliche in their head of like, it's got to be someone who stands up in the locker room and fires everybody up and let's go kind of thing. But you know what? Paul Konerko wasn't that guy. Good point. Jose Abreu wasn't that guy. Good point. You know, I, I, I don't think that it needs to fall into that category. We've heard leadership. Uh, as a word thrown around to describe Luis Robert Jr. this year in terms of his interactions with some other players, specifically with Oscar Colas. And he's not a guy who's standing up there and screaming. So I think that a lot of it has to do with 
the results you get. People think there are leadership problems when the team is losing. No one looks for leadership problems when the team is winning, right? And the reverse can be true. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have a great leader, but the team stinks. And you can have a and you can have a great team with no leader. But, you know, it, it, people look for these things when things are going poorly and they want them to fit a specific type of, of personality. It, it, it a lot of the time just kind of comes down to how that person leads by example, maybe more than anything. Um, and you can have a leader, too, who's a bench player, right? Mm -hmm. You can have a leader who's a, a bullpen pitcher who doesn't have, you know, maybe you've got four young studs in your rotation and you got some guy who's on the last legs of his career filling that number five spot. But maybe he's a leader because he's been Quato. around. What? Cueto yeah, last year. Exactly. So uh, they come in all shapes and sizes. And I think you're going to see – what shape and size it comes in over the next two months here for the White Sox. Our sec decorations, especially this one right here, the Tim Anderson on my right, they're provided by FOCO. They donate a couple awesome pieces like that one and the, uh, uh, let's see, the Vinny Duber Dow back there. Uh, we call him Softpaw. I guess you guys would know him as Softpaw. Sean called him uh, Vinny Duber because they never see the guys in the same place at the same time. So get fitted in the best sports gear around. It's FOCO. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, Everything in between. It's baseball season, so Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. That over there is Vinny Duber. He is the CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Me, I'm Herb Lawrence, ActorWall23 on Twitter. I'm just the regular White Sox community leader. The guy that's supposed to be over here to my right is Sean Anderson. He's off today. He'll be back tomorrow, hopefully. Sean underscore W underscore Anderson is the way you can follow him on Twitter. I don't know if Lawrence Benedetto has a law on the draw. That's right. Long on the draw on Twitter yeah. for our producer, Lawrence Benedetto. Yeah, hit me you up. On X. Follow Law on X. Yeah, by the way, I, I just noticed, you know, we still have the, the bird. The bird's gone. These. No. He's gone. I'm never getting rid of the bird. Like, no. I can't, I can't even, when I try and open X. Twitter now. X. No, Twitter. <laughs> I cannot find it because there's a stupid X on the screen instead of oh, a yeah. damn bird. All the time I, when I say X, I want to do the degeneration de X. Yes. Suck it thing. But you, what do you call that building behind us? That's the Sears. Exactly. Chicago. We're just hard to adjust. Even though the Willis family bought it a long time ago. This very it's a company, I believe. Very Isn't it? It's is a family? It? Willis is a company. Like Peter Tom Willis is yeah, family? Yeah, Peter Tom Willis. P.T. Willis took over that building. <laughs> I don't even think they have any more, but Sears is no longer a thing. I don't think uh, they uh, think they've all gone bankrupt. But I that's always going to be the Sears Tower. To me, Twitter is always going to be Twitter. Calling it X means something else. So like, where do the Sox play? I see. I ah, the corporate ah, issues there. That, that ballpark was named after another ballpark, which I never called that ballpark. So oh, I never I called Comiskey Two Comiskey, even though I never went to the original Comiskey. I just thought that was a standalone. And if you make a new one like Yankee Stadium, is being the just the Yankee, Yankee of Stadium the Yankee Two. Stadium. Yeah, just like like Bush Stadium Two. I call it whatever the the nickname is. So yeah. when it was the cell, I called the phone booth I, I still or whatever call it was it the cell. Or Sox see, Park. that to me is weird. Well, that all of this is weird. Yeah, that is. It's all it is weird. Definitely because weird. They're still called the cell. cell is like something like ooh, we have nostalgia for like no, 2002 all. now. All of a sudden, no, like right, no. exactly. And we want and it was US an insult back. to begin with, wasn't it? Like it was an insult, like right, like a cell, like a jail cell. That was like oh. it was like an insult, right? Oh, I, I I don't know. I just thought of it as a cell tower. Oh, I thought that or, was what or that the was. Joan. I would call it the Joan because remember. Uh, Joan Cusack, Joan Cusack used to do the ads. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, but yeah, but like, and then too, Sox Park 
Sox Park is what it was called before it was called Comiskey Park. Correct. There's like no one alive who ever, who was alive while it was called Sox Park, right? Correct. Yeah, I'm very old. Correct. My fiance Courtney though called it Sox Park and has Everybody, been referring a lot to it of as people Sox, call Park. It Sox Park. It's weird. Yeah. And she's not even like a technically like a born and died in the wheels wool uh, Sox fan. So she's like, that's Sox Park. I call it the Great because it's G rate because it is also great when you go there. I went on Friday, awesome times, but. I don't necessarily do the corporate thing. I pretty much go in between calling that Sears and Willis Tower, and people look at me weird when I call it Willis Tower. It's like, that's what it's called. Hell, I don't care. So, we'll see you tomorrow. We have two shows. Wow. At 5 o'clock. Double your pleasure. Double your fun. 5 o'clock, we'll have our first show. It'll be after the trade deadline has expired. We'll talk about if the White Sox have moved any players. And if they have, we'll see the players that we're getting back. And then after the game, when the White Sox beat the Texas Rangers for no damn reason, we'll have our post game. So for Vinny Duber, for Lawrence Benedetto, I'm Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on CHGO White Sox. We'll see you tomorrow.